Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Shenmue 3, The Legal Hurdles to Seeking a Refund. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about a subject that we've talked about in respect of a couple of games before, and that's whether or not you can get a refund on your pre-order or purchase. In this case, we are talking about game Shenmue 3, the long-awaited finale, continuation, of a series started way back when on the Dreamcast and that was revived through a Kickstarter a few years ago. And that during E3, hope you're enjoying E3, everybody, was announced to be an Epic Game Store exclusive. So we actually have a confluence of a couple of our favorite topics here in virtual legality, Epic Game Store buying up exclusives and refund policies. And so let's take a look at the article that sparked all this. I also got notified about this issue on my Twitter. I'm always willing to get those notifications. I can't follow all of this during my day job. And so if you've got something that you think would be a fit for a virtual legality episode, please leave it in the comments. Please comment on my Twitter at Hoaglaw, or otherwise just find a way to get in touch with me. And I will cover this stuff if I think it's a good fit. So let's take a look at this article. This is from The Verge. It's from yesterday. And it says, some Shenmue 3 Kickstarter backers want refunds because it's an Epic Game Store exclusive. Some backers of action game Shenmue 3's multi-million dollar Kickstarter campaign are upset that it will launch exclusively on Epic's Game Store, scuttling plans for a launch on Steam. Shenmue 3 will launch November 19th on PlayStation 4 and PC. As Savvy Gamer founder Louis Proctor noted on Twitter, Eastnet previously listed Steam as a requirement for playing the game on PC. Later, however, the studio and its publisher Deep Silver decided that the Epic Game Store would be the best distribution platform option. Backers can get a digital or physical copy of the game, but either way, they'll need to activate it through Epic. So I thought we'd take a look at Louis Proctor's Twitter as part of this as well. And Louis is a follower of mine. I follow him on Twitter. He's got a lot of good uh, things to say and a lot of discussion points about the Epic Game Store. And he said, best look at this Shenmue 3 Steam page quickly because it's about to be deleted. And they had previously confirmed Steam keys for Kickstarter backers. Now that's important because we're going to talk about whether or not you can request a refund, which at the end of the day really is a legal question because what happens if they say no? If they say no, we have to look at the contracts, we have to look at the terms and conditions, and we have to figure out whether or not you have enough leverage to bring a legal claim against this company. That's ultimately what a request for somebody else to do something is. Uh, if you've paid them money and you think they owe you that money back, it's a question of contract law. It's a question of uh, statutory authority. And here, in particular, it's a question of what the terms and conditions of the Kickstarter page say, as well as what promises they have made to their backers. Now, so it's important that Louis Proctor says here they had previously confirmed Steam keys for Kickstarter backers. But when we're parsing this out from a legal side of things, the question becomes 
whether that was just a matter of convenience, whether they're saying, hey, you get a PC copy and it's going to be on Steam, or whether they were making a promise because they felt it was important to their consumers that it was on Steam. And chances are it's probably the former, because as we'll see, we're talking about a time period when any of these communications were made, at least in their initial instance, where there wasn't a big deal of competition in the PC space. This wasn't them picking a side in 2015 or 2016 or even 2017. It was just, oh yeah, you'll get a Steam key. Whereas now, after the Epic Game Store launch, which remember, really only happened in November, December of last year. We're still talking about the first six or seven months of the Epic Game Store's operation that now there's an issue because Epic got involved. So we have to look at one, whether they're giving refunds, which we will see in just a moment, and two, what it is that they said on their campaign page, most importantly, above all other things. And then three, we have to take into account that they made these communications to their Kickstarter backers that they would be receiving a Steam key and that people could have relied on that assumption uh, to uh, Eastnet and to Shenmue 3's benefit. So let's take a look at what they're saying to their backers that are upset enough about them going exclusive on Epic Game Store to actually go forward and request a refund. Here's their commentary. They say, thank you so much for contacting us. The launch was previously planned for distribution on Steam. However, it was decided together with Deep Silver, who's acting as their publisher, after much discussion that the Epic Game Store would be the best distribution platform option. Shenmue 3 will be distributed through the Epic Game Store and will require the Epic Game Store client to activate. We apologize for the sudden change in platform. However, refunds will not be granted for this change. We thank you for your support and look forward to delivering the Shenmue experience fans everywhere have been waiting so long for. Best regards, the Shenmue 3 team. Obviously, they are rejecting refunds. Whether or not they have the funds to even pay some kind of mass refund request is always an open question when you're talking about smaller companies, when you're talking about companies that needed Kickstarter funds to get their project off the ground in the first place. But regardless of the practicalities of the thing, we now know that they are saying no to refunds. And so people that want refunds are left doing what we talked about at the top of this video and podcast, which is looking at what their legal redress options are, look what their contract leverage is as against this company. And so that's what we're going to do in this video. We're going to talk about what rights they may or may not have. I will tell you when somebody contacted me on Twitter about this, my initial reaction was, hey, if they promised Steam and they took it away, there may well be an action for refunds. That's certainly the kind of thing that the law is designed to prevent from a sales standpoint. But as we know, Kickstarter is a little bit different. As we know, these kinds of things, certainly in the gray area, have been happening more and more, particularly as we've noted in virtual legality with respect to games as a service and those types of platform-based games. So what we need to do right now is figure out what was promised to these people as part of the Kickstarter campaign and what the Kickstarter terms and conditions have to say about it. So first, let's take a look at the Shenmue 3 campaign, which I have brought up here on Kickstarter. And it says, Shenmue 3, Yu Suzuki presents the long-awaited third installment in the Shenmue series. And then we kind of have to go and figure out what date this happened on. When was the actual drive to make this money? Because that's when people pledged their funds. That's when the funds were paid for. And that's when the promises were made. So the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to figure out when 
this actually all occurred. So we go and we click on updates. We see the June 10th update for right now, yesterday, that said it's going to be an Epic Games Store exclusive. And we scroll to the bottom just to give us a kind of notion of when this takes place, because that's going to be important when we're analyzing the terms and conditions. And we see here it says, hashtag save Shenmue. Joyous greetings, Shenmue fans. If you missed the announcement at the E3 Sony press conference, yes, this is a Kickstarter for Shenmue 3. Let there be no doubt. That's June 16th, 2015. And if you recall the kind of history behind this, PlayStation allowed the Shenmue team to have a piece of time at their E3 press conference to announce the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter. And so this was all related to E3. So it's really no surprise that we're now looking at it again during E3. But this was June of 2015. Keep that date in mind when we look at the terms and conditions. The second thing we want to do is we want to establish what kind of promises were made about what was going to be delivered in respect to this project. So I took a look at this and I said, all right, let's see if we can find the term Steam. We pull it up and we see Steam as a word appears nowhere on the campaign page. By comparison, if we're looking up the word PC, we can see it's in the button to pre-order, which probably didn't exist when the actual campaign started. But then we also see it described in the updates and what's going to be delivered. Windows PC physical copy, Windows PC digital copy, physical copy dash PC, PC only. Let's see if other, other references we have here created for modern platforms, PC and PlayStation 4, PS4 and PC. You get the idea. They don't use the word Steam anywhere in this campaign. They do use the word PC, which if I were their lawyers and I was looking at it right now, I would say, well, that's a good thing because we don't want to refund this money. But it's not such a good thing from the consumer standpoint, because what you don't see here is an obvious silver bullet to say, hey, I only put my money in because I thought I was getting a Steam key. Now, there might be communications with individual backers. There might be language in specific updates. Frankly, I don't have enough time to research everything that they would have communicated to these folks during every bit of communication. But it's important to note, as we said, because we're talking about June of 2015, there wasn't really somewhere else that they were likely to put their keys or, or their access points for where the game was going to operate in the PC environment. So to the extent they said, oh yeah, it'll be on Steam, it becomes an open question about whether that's a promise that they thought anybody would rely on that was actually important to those people or whether it was just something that was de facto and was every PC game that was being released when they were discussing it in 2015. Either way, people right now are clearly claiming to have relied upon it. And so we are stuck evaluating a set of angry backers and a set of angry fans that want to say, hey, Steam was promised to me and you are not giving me that anymore. So now we are winding up looking at the Kickstarter terms and conditions. What does it mean to kickstart a project? You've probably heard in various places on the internet or on forums or on posts, hey, you're not pre-ordering a good. You're not purchasing something in advance. You are backing the creation of that good. And so you need to take a, a, a more generous and genteel stance towards these creators. And that is certainly the story that Kickstarter has been pushing for a long time now, at least for a number of years. And so... That is a little bit of the case when we look at these terms and conditions. It's not the complete case, and we're going to look also at what Kickstarter's terms and conditions were before this period, before 2015, because they were significantly harsher. You would have had a significantly better case against a company like this for doing what it has done in those earlier terms. And that's one of the reasons, just to give you a little bit of my personal history, that's one of the reasons that I stopped kickstarting things.
we're going to take a look at these terms and conditions, you're going to see that the original recipe 2012 terms and conditions that I was kickstarting projects under are significantly more protective of Kickstarter backers than what is currently the 2015 and 2018 terms and conditions. So let's take a look at those right now. So first we're gonna just pull up terms of use. You click through it on Kickstarter, you see what you've got before you. You see some of the stuff that we've talked about in other episodes of virtual legality. They've tried to summarize this legalese. They've tried to make it more plain English, more simple English. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it makes things a little bit more ambiguous. Here they do a great job of actually having the legalese where you would expect it, and then another box that claims to summarize it. Now, if I'm their counsel, I say, hey, you can add ambiguities there. Maybe that's not the greatest thing for you, but it is better than just going with the simple English, just going with the plain English that we have already evaluated if you've looked at my YouTube or my Twitter videos as being way too ambiguous to really enforce a rule set on. And certainly when you're talking about contractual provisions where potentially millions of dollars are changing hands, you want to be very, very clear. And that's one of the reasons that Kickstarter does try to have this clarity in these contract terms, because the one thing they want to make sure of is that you understand that your contract is with the creator and not with them in respect to the money that you're paying, because they don't want you to come sue them for problems that are otherwise happening with your project. But let's scroll down to the very bottom of this, because that's the first thing you have to take into account when we're looking at these things. And we see here, these updated terms will go into effect on May 25th, 2018 at 12 a.m. Eastern Time and apply to all projects launched on Kickstarter on or after that date. In other words, these only matter for Kickstarters that were funded after May 25th, 2018. When was ours funded? June of 2015, June, July of 2015. And so that's three years before these terms and conditions went into effect. So whenever you're looking at this, and this applies for more than just Kickstarter. Whenever you're looking at terms and conditions on a website, go scroll to wherever they keep their updated information, whenever it was last updated, and figure out whether it applies to whatever transaction you're trying to evaluate. Here, we're talking about a Kickstarter that these terms and conditions, the ones that you will most likely see when you click on them in their website, they don't apply. So we click on one of these buttons to arrive at terms and conditions that might well apply. And we come to this page which again has a set of terms and conditions. It has some changes primarily to payment terms and things. I looked a little bit at their, their red line, their comparison between the two terms. But it says, these updated terms went into effect on October 19th, 2014 at 12 a.m. Eastern Time and apply to all projects launched on Kickstarter on or after that date. Now, with respect to that line, it's interesting. As a lawyer, I look at this and say, oh, that should be changed. It doesn't apply to all projects launched on Kickstarter on or after that date because they had an amendment and restatement in 2018. So this should probably be revised to better state what's actually happening, but it's not the biggest deal in the world. So this is the set of terms and conditions that we are interested in, which is great. We've clicked through once, we've arrived at the terms and conditions that do control over the Shenmue 3 transaction. We see all this language, a lot of which we can skip because it's about your relationship with Kickstarter. But when we get to how projects work, that's what we're actually interested in. So let's read a little bit. It says, most of our terms of use explain your relationship with Kickstarter. This section is different. It explains the relationship between creators and backers of Kickstarter projects and who's responsible for what. This is what you are agreeing to when you create or back a Kickstarter project. So again, when we're looking at these terms, the, the two defined groups of people are creators. In this case, Eastnet, the makers of Shenmue 3, and backers, 
the individuals that are angry that it's not going to be offered on Steam anymore. It says, when a project is successfully funded, the creator must complete the project and fulfill each reward. Sounds clear enough, but as we'll see in the language, that's actually modified to a significant degree by what this section actually says. Once a creator has done so, they've satisfied their obligation to their backers. Throughout the process, creators owe their backers a high standard of effort, honest communication, and a dedication to bringing the project to life. They have to actually work on it. They can't just steal your money. At the same time, backers must understand that when they back a project, they're helping to create something new, not ordering something that already exists. There may be changes, I've highlighted that here, or delays, and there's a chance something could happen that prevents the creator from being able to finish the project as promised. So you can see the borderlines of what Kickstarter is saying here. You need to be aware, things can change. We don't really want you to be able to hold the creators to the exact words of what they say in their campaign. And we will see, we're gonna go back to the terms and conditions from 2012, which after they were changed is when I stopped backing projects as a lawyer that can read contracts and see how much more protective that language was when we get done with this. But for now, just keep in mind, this section says there may be changes. You are aware of the fact that there may be changes. And we're going to read in the language how that basically means you don't have a lot of the leverage you think you might. If a creator is unable to complete their project and fulfill rewards, so if we're being generous to the backers in this particular case, and we can make a claim, we can find communications, we can make a specific argument that ESnet promised Steam to be available for the use of Shenmue 3. And we can say that's not going to happen anymore, that they can't complete that promise because they promised Steam they're not going to give Steam. And we don't get into the issue of whether they can offer Steam three years after the rest of the project launches, which is its own uh, bag of problems. If they can't complete their project, they failed to live up to the basic obligations of this agreement. To write this, to correct this issue, they must make every reasonable effort to find another way of bringing the project to the best possible conclusion for backers. Okay, this is the big change. This is the 2018-2015 approach to Kickstarter. If they can't do what they said they're going to do, they can fix it by making every quote-unquote reasonable effort to do something else that is as described here, the best possible conclusion for backers. And this is where you get into all this gray area and all these fights between Kickstarter companies and their backers is essentially they take this language and they say, well, we're not going to do that thing anymore because it doesn't make sense or it's a lot more expensive than we thought. And so we're not going to do that thing, but maybe we'll do this other thing. And hey, that's the best possible conclusion for you because we were never going to do that first thing in any event. And basically, under these terms, the backer mostly has to live with it unless it's really egregious. And so we see here, as the final bit of language that I want to talk about, a creator in this position has only remedied the situation and met their obligations to backers. And this position is they're not going to complete the project they promised. And they only remedy it. They only make things right if they work diligently and in good faith to, to bring the project to the best possible conclusion, which... Really, the only party that's going to be vested with the authority to determine what the best possible conclusion is, is the company. Kickstarter is not going to get involved. The people can disagree, but if the company has a reasonable basis for believing it's quote unquote the best possible conclusion, that's not a lawsuit I would want to get involved with or that I would want to bring. And at the end of the day, they can offer to return any remaining funds to backers who have not received their reward in proportion to the amounts pledged. And here's the rub 
or else explain how those funds will be used to complete the project in some alternate form. Mm. So you're not getting what they promised you. And I'm saying this in something that is more clear than this certain this circumstance here where we don't actually have the word steam appearing on the campaign page. You're not getting what they promised you. Even under Kickstarter's terms and conditions, the company only has to work diligently to come up with some alternate and tell you how they're using the funds to get to that alternate. And in this case, they're using your funds to make an Epic Game Store game and not a Steam game. So we've got a very, very light claim. If we're a Shenmue 3 backer that depended on a promise that it was going to be on Steam and they've moved it to Epic Game Store, the claim is, oh, I have to click on a different button. I have to use a different application. I have a political problem with Epic Game Store, whatever it might be it probably isn't enough for damages. And that means it's probably not enough for a refund. And they can say, hey, we used those funds to make an Epic Game Store game instead of a Steam game. It's still PC. That's what we said it was going to be in any event. And so what claim are you really making? And so I look at this, and if your one walk away point from listening to this or watching this video of virtual legality is this, you really don't have a claim for a refund. You really can't make that claim. And in, in all honesty, for almost all Kickstarters because of this language, it's a very, very difficult claim to make. Now that's a legal claim. You can make a political claim. You can make essentially a market-based claim. You can yell to the high heavens. You can tell Kotaku and The Verge. You can tell all your friends on Reset Era and Reddit and Tumblr or wherever else you find yourself on the internet to make a stink, to make it so unpalatable for Eastnet and, and Deep Silver to keep your money that they give it to you because they have to to make the press go away. But legally, you probably don't have a claim to bring in court. You probably don't want to make that claim because of the language that you agreed to in this contract with Kickstarter. And unfortunately, that's the case with almost all Kickstarters now. Now, I promised you we'd take a look at the 2012 terms because these are the terms that I was kickstarting projects under and that I was relatively happy with. You can see just from the outset, they don't have those clear blue boxes explaining what these sections are. You can see there's a lot more capitalized defined terms. There's a lot more legalese. This is written by a corporate lawyer like myself. And so because of that, you don't get some of that ambiguity, but you also get a lot more specific remedies for your funds that you've put into this Kickstarter project. So let's take a look here. Projects, fundraising, and commerce. These are the old terms. They don't apply to this deal, but they apply to deals before the, the changes were made in 2014, I believe it is. Kickstarter is a platform where project creators run campaigns to fund creative projects by offering rewards to raise money from backers. By creating a fundraising campaign on Kickstarter, you as the project creator are offering the public the opportunity to enter into a contract with you. Very specific here. By backing a fundraising campaign on Kickstarter, you as the backer accept that offer and the contract between back backer and project creator is formed. Kickstarter is not a party to that agreement between the backer and project creator. All dealings are solely between users. By backing or creating a fundraising campaign on Kickstarter, you agree to be bound by this entire agreement, including the following terms. So this is telling you what you are agreeing to when you back something, when you create a project that is backed. It says project creators agree to make a good faith attempt to fulfill each reward by its estimated delivery date. Well, well we didn't see that when we were just discussing it in the terms that are current, did we? And then also, a project creator is not required to grant a backer's request for a refund unless the project creator is unable or unwilling to fulfill the reward. Project creators are required to fulfill all rewards of their successful fundraising campaigns 
or refund any backer whose reward they do not or cannot fulfill. In this language, if the campaign were clearer, and we'll just imagine that it says, we promise that we'll give you the, the product on Steam. If it said that, and you don't get the product on Steam, under this language, under the earlier Kickstarter language, they would have to either give you a product on Steam or refund your money. And that's not the case in the language of the current terms under Kickstarter, I'm sorry to say. And that's one of the reasons I don't kickstart things anymore. That's one of the reasons why, if you're listening to this, you want to share it around, I recommend for people to not do many Kickstarters anymore because you don't get that protection. You don't get that protection from a project creator just deciding, eh, that's too expensive. I don't want to spend that money on that. So I'm going to do something else and I'm going to bring it to the best possible conclusion for you as I determine, and you're going to have to be okay with that. In this case, they went, they found a publisher, they went, they got exclusive money from Epic Game Store, and if you don't like that, well, that's too darn bad. Unfortunately, that's virtual legality for today. I wish I had better news for those backers that really did want a refund for their Shenmue 3 funding. I can totally understand and, and am empathetic with the position that they now find themselves in, and particularly if there are communications, if there is something more than just a Steam logo that they were relying on when they funded the project. Unfortunately, even with the campaign being as ambiguous as it is, which is its own problem, the Kickstarter terms and conditions really are built to protect creators in front of backers. Creators created enough problems for Kickstarter in the years between those 2012 terms and their revisions that Kickstarter went in and said, okay, everybody understands that creators can't hit dates. Everybody understands now that creators have to change things. They have to change things probably fairly often and they don't want to get all this bad press. Kickstarter doesn't. They don't want to be in the middle of these fights between backers and creators. So they changed their terms and conditions to make it more obvious that if a creator changes something, that's going to be okay. They can keep your money as long as they don't spend it going to get my ties on a Tahiti beach somewhere. They have to at least bring the project to fruition in some way before they owe you money. And so that's what's happening here. And quite frankly, the difference between a Steam store application and an Epic Game Store application is, in my opinion, never going to rise to the level that Kickstarter would get involved with, certainly. But it's also never going to rise to the level that if a court were to just look at those terms and conditions, evaluate them from a perfectly reasonable third-party perspective, say that the creator wasn't meeting their obligations under those terms and conditions. So unfortunately, that's the state of play as I see it. Uh, if you like this video, if you like this podcast and we're listening to it on a podcast service, please do like, please review it where you found it. Please share it around. I think there is enough kind of angst on the internet about this issue that it's probably useful to have folks listen to this, to, to understand the Kickstarter terms and conditions and to evaluate them for the next project that they're considering kickstarting or potentially reading the terms and conditions on any other service that has a similar function. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. If you listen to it on a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.